fascinating, interesting debate show is live in the huddle. Listen, I was watching the episode that myself and Zach did and the other episode that me and Zay did. Quite frankly, the last couple body of works that we've been putting out. And I'm saying to myself, bro, I wish I could get free content like that as good as that, bro. I got to watch my own stuff to get good content, bro. And, and, and this content is available for everybody for free. We don't charge nobody. We don't send in our cash apps or, you know, Patreons or Patriot, whatever ass people use. I don't even know those apps. Okay, this is free. All you have to do is like and subscribe and feel the vibe. That's all you have to do. Like and subscribe to the channel and receive those updates because guess what? We've been pushing out content, all right? Boy about to go on vacation to Florida a couple days. As me, knowing the guy I am, I'm probably still going to be doing shows. But on the light side of things, you know what I'm saying? So definitely like and subscribe to get all those notifications of new uploaded content, free uploaded content, and great uploaded content, unlike, you know, some of these other shows like Oh, yeah, I ain't say it. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean, ladies and gentlemen. I got a dollar in the dream. I'm going to pass it to Zay and see how Zay is doing today. Zay, how you uh, doing today? Hey, listen, man. I'm ecstatic. I know it's raining right now. I know a lot of people's day like, Dag, it's raining. I got to go outside in this gloomy weather. Hey, the Mets won a doubleheader yesterday. I'm elated. I was happy as heck that they won that game. That was It was crazy. Um, the first game was wild. You know, the Braves had a little – they gave us a little run. And then a second game, Mets just took him out the water. Beautiful. I love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be a Mets fan this year. They're they playing really hot, and I hope this hot bat, hot pitching stays throughout the entirety of the season. It's, it's tough to win every game, baseball game. You all know that. It's, it's 162 games. It's very difficult to win every game. But if we could win every series, that would be crazy. That would be probably MLB history. I don't think any team has ever done that. So that would be crazy to see. But, you know, we all good here. You know, everything's great, and I'm here to talk sports, and I love talking sports, man. I think this is the best time in the morning. Wake up, you know, get some breakfast, and then just to know, get the call, like, yo, the show's coming on. I'm like, I'm excited to talk about it. So, I, I'm right now, I'm really looking forward to talking about some basketball because of what happened last night, what transpired. I think everyone who's able to watch the game or able to watch the highlights this morning will be definitely interested in some takes that will be happening on today. So, Without further ado, Lil, let's start it. I mean, look, bro, you know, the Mets is doing good, as I stated before. You know, I, I want to see Zay do the wave again, bro. I think it's always a good vibe when Zay's out here doing the wave at the Mets game. And one thing about rain, okay, let's, let's move on to rain here. I don't like rain, bro. I, I really despise rain, especially when I got to go out. If I'm inside doors, they don't bother me. I'll just take a nap, turn on the Netflix. Netflix and Lil, not Netflix and chill by myself, Netflix and Lil, okay, with the rain going on, I just hate rain when I got to go out and commute, I just hate it, but anyway, I don't got to go out and commute, at least right now, at this very moment, because guess what, we got a show to complete, and we doing it right now on this episode 245, and John Morant drops a 47-point game to lead the Grizzlies past the Warriors, and ties the series 1-1, did the Grizzlies break the code? With their game two antics. And you know what? Cut right to the point. They broke the code, bro. I believe so. The reason why I think they broke the code is for a plethora of reasons. First of all, let me start off by saying that game one, win up game one was a team with a championship DNA. The win up game two 
was the team that was determined to win the game by any means. And when I mean by any means, you know what I mean by any means, whether it be some of the guys just showing out like John Morant, right? Or whether it's, you know, being physical and trying to uh, take out the other guys on the other team. By any means, determination, we will win this game. That's who won game two. Now, look, we all know that play on Dylan Brooks, on, on Gary Payton, as Gary Payton was trying to go to the rim. He got whacked on the head. Clearly was a dirty play. You know what Gary Payton means to this team. I mean, this guy, from a defensive standpoint, he just recently moved into the starting lineup, so clearly they see value in that guy. We all know he can do defensively. He can cut to the basket. Some of the things and little nuances that the Warriors like, guys that cut to the rim. And we also know if there's any capable defender that can tame and um, just slow down John Morant, is Gary Payton. That guy's not there anymore. And I think, not that the Grizzlies strategically had a plan. We talking about the Grizzly gate here. You know, like the Bonnie gate to, to get the Warriors out of here. But I do think that in the heat of the moment, there were some dirty tactics where these players didn't have no regards for careers. No regards for just having that moral code of just playing the game freely. If this happened in East New York at your local park, shots would have rang out. Okay, shots would have rang out. It would have been an all-out war. Okay, it would have been balling for life, like my guy Zay will say. Not balling for peace. Okay, shout out to my guy Juan Hargrave. Okay, so yeah, I do think that they broke the code. Nevertheless, I got bad news for the Grizzlies as I pull up these stats. Because you know what? The only thing that that's going to do is egg on a team that really don't need to be egg on in the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors is a team with championship DNA, and the one thing you don't want to do is wake up the beast, and I think they will wake up the beast. I mean, who are we kidding? The Warriors shooting the ball last night was terrible. I mean, let's go to these numbers real quickly here because um, the Splash Brothers went from the Splash Brothers to the Sinking Brothers. These guys were sinking with their shots. Let's go to it. Curry and Klay Thompson combined to shoot for 5 of 23 from 3. Which shows, in our honest opinion, that they can still generate offense, first of all, because they should have won this game. And the fact that they both shot 5 of 23 and was able to keep this team afloat, where well, the team was able to stay afloat, shows you all the little things and ways that the Warriors can score the basket, whether it's attacking the rim, getting you know, backdoor looks and, and cutting or whatever it is to get the points on the board, they're willing to do that. Another thing that I want to add, if I might add, the Warriors in general went 7 for 38, which is the worst shooting night since Curry has been drafted to the NBA. I say it again. Klay Thompson needs to break out of his slump. Clearly, we thought he found his mojo back towards the end of the regular season. And I thought that he was going to bring that in the playoffs. It's not the first time I've seen Clay, Clay Thompson in the, in the playoffs struggle. There was a couple years ago when they went on that finals run where he was struggling. And then he got his mojo back. Shoot is shoot. That's what they do. And I think when you go home and the Warriors come back with a split back to Oracle, those same shots will fall inside the hoop. So you know what? Yes, they broke the code, the Grizzlies. And I think it's going to backfire down the stretch. Yeah, so to answer this question, I don't believe the Grizzlies broke the – oh, excuse me. the Dev, Dylan Brooks definitely broke the code uh, regarding keeping players healthy on the court and playing, of course. I think uh, Dylan Brooks knew – should have known that he wasn't getting that block. You know, he was, he was nowhere near him. And then if he wanted to really foul him, he would have given him a hard foul before the takeoff. So that it was just two um, nuances that when we saw the play – 
it wasn't a basketball play. And on top of that, um, unfortunately, Gary Payton got hurt. I don't think he, he purposely meant to get hurt him, but, you know, he wanted to deliver a hard foul nonetheless. I think he did it in a very dangerous way. I think that's something that's going to be talked about within that locker room about delivering hard fouls if, if wanting to give one. You know, you're supposed to swipe down at the guy's arms as hard as you can, not swipe down in his face and potentially get that guy extremely hurt. We saw a lot of um, hits to the face yesterday. I think one of them, another one was Andrew Wiggins, uh, Brandon Clark. He um, kind of snu- uh, tried to eye gouge Wiggins and push his face off. They called it a common foul. And then the, the um, hit that got Draymond Green in his eye that wind up, you know, really hurting him. It looks like an orbital f- a fracture to me because his eye was swollen. His, his, it looked really bad. And I don't know how, what the uh, diagnostic was after that play or after the game, of course, with Draymond. But it looked bad. It looked really looked bad. like he fought Canelo. That's what he looked so, like. He fought Canelo. <laughs> so it, it was bad to say the least. But um, I think when you look at this Grizzlies team, they have to play extremely aggressive because the guys who were playing extremely well last series are not playing well. You know, Brooks, he came out the game because of that foul. So he was out for the majority of the game, if not all of the game. And uh, Desmond Bain, uh, second game in a row, under 10 points. So, um, you know, you look at John Morant, heroics, where he had an outstanding shooting night, shooting 5 from 12 from the three-point line, 15 from 31 from the field. You know, he had an extreme night. But how often can you rely on him having extremely good nights? Back-to-back great nights, 36 first night, 47 the next night. We don't we, – if you're expecting John Morant to just keep scoring 40 and 50, you're going to have a long series because that's not what this Grizzlies team is kind of made of. The team is made of – it's comprised of a lot of guys, um, John Morant included – uh, talented guys who uh, common combine score a lot of points with Jaron Jackson not scoring that much. I think outside of John Morant, nobody else scored over 15 points. So that's not something you rely on, especially this Warriors team who did shoot horrendous, not only from the three point line, but also from the free throw, missing four free throws. Um, also having three less free throw attempts than the uh, Grizzlies. Uh, this Warriors team, they're going to shoot better on a, on, on a different on multiple nights. So you got to expect them to have better shooting nights moving forward opposed to you just kind of um, relying on John Morant to score all your points. So I think uh, this game was just a very unfortunate game. A lot of injuries happened. Um, you know, people got kicked out the game. Um, a lot of missed shots from both sides. But um, I think game three in Oracle Arena, if I believe that's the name now, uh, in Golden State's um, home court, it's going to be very different. The environment's going to be extremely different, and that's like kind of their boost where they start shooting lights out, and especially in the playoffs. So I expect Clay to have a bounce-back game. Um, we hope to see Desmond Bain have a bounce-back game because his first two games were definitely horrendous, to say the least, at home. So hopefully he can turn up on the road and give us that 20-point um, barrage that he was giving us that last series. So I think this um, series is far from over, of course. I think it's, it's got really interesting to see how this game will be officiated moving forward because of the aggressive play. I can see a lot more foul calls being called early on to prevent injuries that just happened, that we just witnessed. So I think the um, both teams are going to be in some foul trouble, to say the least, because of everything that has transpired so far. And I think if you're the Grizzlies, bro, I don't know. I think they're trying to find every way that they can beat this Warriors team. And I think one of the tactics that possibly may be used is to get Draymond Green out of character, even though most of the times you can argue he is out of character a lot. (laughs) But get him out of character. He's very close to being suspended. Mm -hmm. Okay, and missing a game. Mm -hmm. I think when you look at his antics in game one, with that foul that I, I don't believe it was a flagrant two to this day, but some people do. It is what it is. He got the call. Mm-hmm. 
That's on his resume. That's on his record. When you saw him in the last game where he was just um throwing the middle finger up to the fans, I would be shocked if he gets suspended for that. I really would be. But a fine, possibly. I think for Memphis to have a chance is to get into the head of Draymond Green, the heart and soul of this team. Mm-hmm. When he's not focused on basketball and he's focused on everything else, whether it be the referees, you know, making calls, whether it be the crowd, you know, chirping. If he's not focused on the game and you can get him off his spot and get him out of character and potentially allow him to miss a game, then the Grizzlies will have a chance. Especially if the Warriors, which always been the Achilles heel, turn the ball over. 18 times they turn the ball over here. We all know the lack of size. That's a disadvantage, two disadvantages, and poor shooting, which is the third disadvantage. Now, I don't think the poor shooting is going to stick, and that's why ultimately the Warriors will take care of these Grizzlies. But if it does, which I doubt, but if it does, there's always that slight possibility that it could happen. If you have these three issues, it's a wrap. But I doubt it. I believe once they get back to Oracle, they'll see those shots fall, and then they will bring it on the road to close out the Grizzlies. The one thing I want to say, though, because I got to give Job Morant his jurisdiction due before I even give the cue to go to the commercial break. Gotcha. I always say Job lives in the paint. That's my line. Job lives. Job lives mm-hmm. in the paint. But the first two games, this guy been living from the arc. Correct. Okay? And he made five threes in game two. Now, I'm not a fool to think that he's going to continue to knock down these shots from behind the arc on a consistent basis. That's just not his game right now, at least. But, man, if he continues to knock down these shots, it's going to make it merely impossible to stop the dude because we all know the amount of pressure that he puts driving to the rack. If he can make the Warriors destroyed and destroy them from the, from the arc, it's going to be a hard task. And he can put up the games that you say he uh, is unlikely to do, 38 and 47. He can have those type of games more consistently if he can knock down those shots from behind the arc more consistently. And I think the Warriors did him to do so, and that's why he's been taking them. Now, do the Warriors respect the shot now? Do they go into game three and four respecting the shots? That's my little thoughts on the game. I thought it was a great game. I think this is the best series by far in this second round of the playoffs. I expected it on paper, but I expected it in different reasons. I expected it more so of Curry versus Ja, the the old school versus the new school. And you got Steph Curry, who's been this transcendent talent. And you got another transcendent talent, different mm-hmm. games. And I was looking at it from that perspective, the point guard versus the point guy that changed the league forever. Mm-hmm. But it's more so the physical play, you know, that's going on and other guys stepping up at times. Jordan Poole stepped up in game one. You know, Jaron Jackson stepped up in game one. I mean, we've seen a whole lot of other stuff other than Steph Curry and John Morant as that headline. And I think it makes for an interesting finish. I think when we talk about real quick, just like a quick segment, I want to say that um, the Grizzlies team is uh, known for discipline on defense and aggressive defense. They don't really cause that many fouls opposed to Jaron Jackson Jr. Their team is usually disciplined enough to stay in the game and knowing what they need to do. I think right now you hit it on the nail that their aggression is is supposed to is like they're showing their aggression, but I think it's uncontrolled. I think they're just showing aggression without really thinking about making a proper play or acknowledging that it's hindering them from actually winning, putting themselves in winning positions and situations. I think last night. Towards the end of the ending of the game, their aggression was 
keen. It was disciplined. They were able to pinpoint exactly what they needed to do to win the game, but they did get away with a lot of push-offs on rebounds. And I think going into that next game, it's going to be their um their low point. That's going to be the reason why they lose game three if they continue to play overly aggressive. I think they're going to go into Oracle Arena with that same mentality of just aggression, and I think that's going to cost them the game, unfortunately, just because it's getting uncontrolled. It's getting to the point where the refs are going to be looking for every little thing to blow the whistle. That's going to cause them to, unfortunately, rather A, play less aggressive, which is their downside, or B, uh, foul out the game. All the, all the star guys are all going to foul out the game or get them in early foul trouble, which gives the Warriors a lot more free throws than their game two, which they only had 18. But like I said, the series gearing up really well. I'm liking the way both teams are playing. But like you stated in your previous take, I don't know how much you want to poke the bear and really see what Clay and Curry could really do. Yeah, and I agree, and I think we could leave that there. The only point that I add, and I actually add a question behind that point, is that that's my thing about how I started off my take, and Will Lil coming to play, man. I mean, look, it's about termination, right? They they wanted every way they can win this game, too. They had to go to the end to win this game, too. And they was willing to pull out every trick in the book, whether it be physical play, whether it be a whole lot of nuances they was willing to pull. But that's game two. And that was your game plan to win game two, and it worked. But I don't think as the game gets called differently and the reps are watching everything that you can get away with that, and it's going to come down to the other guys not named Ja. Anyway, I'll lob this question to you. Okay. Do the Grizzlies still a game at Oracle in these next two games? I don't think so. I think they said their their game was in Memphis, unfortunately. They need to win two. I think uh, their loss, that first game, really messed them up. And I think they're going to lose two in Oracle just because of how game two, um, the outcome of game two happened. You got an injured player. You have two injured players, essentially, on the Warriors' side. So the refs are going to be definitely looking for overly aggressive Grizzlies players going into that next game. It's just it's just going to happen, unfortunately. You had a flagrant two, and then you guys just kept on hitting above the um the neck on multiple occasions on in that game. So they're going to be looking out for that in game three and four, which is going to be the downside for the Grizzlies, which will cost them though, both game three and four, in my opinion. So I think it's going to be 3-1 going back into Memphis uh, for game five. Another question, last question here. You know, sorry to keep you up, my brother. Got to give you this interview here. You know, um, Dylan Brooks, will he get a suspension? Or is it just a fine? If any? It's a fine. I think because I don't think he has multiple flagrant twos this season. I think it's just a fine. So I think he's going to be back for, uh, at least in my opinion, I think he will be back for game three and four. Like, but like I just said, it's just going to be they're, they're right now they're playing at a disadvantage because their um, best asset and may be neutralized due to the fact that they may not be able to play as aggressive as they want going into game three and four. I think throughout the season, during the duration of the season, most of the game that the Grizzlies lost was because they were unable to play as aggressive as they wanted throughout the, um, the entirety of the game. So I think right now they're going to be at a disadvantage going into three and four because their aggression from game two was uncontrolled. It looked at times really wild and it wasn't basketball plays at all, which will cause them game three and four. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back after these brief messages. The Panthers may still add Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield, or Nick Foles. Which quarterback should the Panthers take a chance on out of this group? Zay, I lobbed that question right up to you. The Can You Dig It Sports Radio Network is here. Revolutionize the game of media. Do you dig, dig? 